You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Chelsea, I don't know if you saw Antonio... Brown and his latest interview with Tyree Kill on his podcast. And I hesitate to mention this anyway, because I'm already so over this guy, but he just keeps regurgitating the same nonsense about how Tampa Bay promised him one thing before he decided to strip down and run off the field. And he was saying that Tom Brady promised him 10 to 12 targets that week before they faced the Jets he was texting with the coaches and saying, I'm banged up. And they were saying, nah, we got to have you. We need you. And because they needed him so much, because Tom reached out to him, he decided that he was going to tough through this injury. And then all of a sudden he takes off, leaves the field because he felt like he wasn't being targeted enough. And the thing with Antonio Brown is, is that this story of his, and he continues to tell the story, is that it's not the most far-fetched thing I've ever seen. There's plenty of stories, big names or no, about players playing through injury and that injury or injuries not being acknowledged by a coaching staff. I feel like stories like that are pretty common. The problem with Antonio Brown is that he has no credibility left. It's like, yeah, I remember that game. But you know what I remember just a little bit more? It's I think what happened was when mid-game you got shirtless and you danced off the field. So whenever he regurgitates a story like this and also remember how Tom Brady gave him a home in new England, helped bring him to Tampa Bay. And then a few weeks after he leaves the Bucks, he's making, he's implying that he's involved with Giselle in some way. Like he just has zero credibility left. So I don't pay attention to anything he says, even though I know I'm talking about it, I see something involving Antonio Brown and I go, whatever you're Antonio Brown. Yeah, and that's not even the craziest thing that we've heard about him. Like, that ranks pretty far down the list. But here's the thing about targets and receivers. Think about how the game goes. At the end of the day, aren't you just trying to win the game? And I feel like you can try to get a player a ball, but, like, you're not going to throw it to him no matter what. Like, if he is double covered, why would you throw it to him? Like, you still have to Mm -hmm. win the game at the end of the day. But, yes, it's Antonio Brown. Nothing he says can mean a whole lot. At this point. And now I am pondering why anybody would have him on their podcast. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. he is full of sound bites. But still, when you associate with somebody like this, doesn't it lower your credibility too? Like the company that you keep? And look at the allegations that Tyreek Hill is facing now for slapping somebody uh, who was like 57 or something. So I don't know. I feel like at this point, if you're an NFL player, you are best to just keep your distance. From Antonio Brown. Well, and also, it was a few weeks ago where he invested in some sort of 
low level arena team or something in the Northeast. I forget where it was. We talked about it here on his show and he had to give up his ownership because he just wouldn't pay the players. So it's just one story after another where he's acting a fool. He's in trouble or at least brushing with the law. He's taking shots at former teammates that were good to him. He's just kind of a loose cannon. And now he's, again, he's just lost any and all credibility. You don't listen to the guy. You say, okay, sure. You're still going back to this one incident where no one remembers you not getting the target. So you make the best point of all, which is, yeah, that might be the game plan, but you have, it's not just going out to the practice field like, hey, I'm going to throw to you 10, 12 times. You have to adjust during the game. Defenses can key on you. Weather can be a factor. There's all sorts of things that go into game script and how game flow goes. And so if it's not going that way, you have to adjust on the fly to win the game. If you're a team player, it's about winning the game. You have to win the game. You play to win the game. That's the thing. Exactly. So as we look at some of these touchdown and most reception bets over a bet MGM, you have to keep that in mind. So when it comes to say like the passing touchdowns one, if there is a player where you feel like if he is mm -hmm. a running quarterback and some of these passing touchdowns are going to be taken away by the fact that this guy can score some touchdowns with his feet, it's a factor because this guy doesn't yeah. care how many passing touchdowns he has. He cares about the touchdowns alone. So when we look at the list, you've got Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. That's what I think of when I think of Josh Allen because Josh mm -hmm. Allen has put up some incredible numbers, but I always feel like in the back of my mind that I don't want to play a guy who can also run it in pretty well because that's going to take away from his passing touchdown total. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't think I don't think Buffalo has done anything to to change that part of their offense. That is their offense, which is, hey, yes, you've got some some solid – I mean, he has Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the game. But overall, he doesn't have necessarily the, the cadre of receivers that other NFL players have, NFL quarterbacks have. So they rely on his legs a lot to be a part of that offense. And I wonder if that will ever slow down at some point. But I, you know, I kind of like Justin Herbert at 11-1 to just because – Look, he's got the arm talent. There's no question about that. And two things last year, Justin Herbert was playing injured for the bulk of the season, got injured early and just played through pain. And also Keenan Allen was banged up. Mike Williams was banged up. If all of those guys can stay healthy, then Justin Herbert is a guy I truly believe can make a run here. And 11 to 1, I'm surprised it's not around at least 8, 9 to 1. I think there's tremendous value there. I understand why he's fifth on this list. But 11 to 1, I will absolutely take a flyer on a guy who, when healthy, with those healthy receivers, can do a lot of damage. Oh, for sure. I am always sold on Justin Herbert, and I think I have taken a swing on him to win MVP. Uh, for a couple of seasons it has not worked out but still this is an incredibly prolific quarterback who I feel like is still getting better I think people yeah. still forget that Justin Herbert's a pretty young guy I guess you could say the same thing for Joe Burrow they're the same draft class uh, so it's hard to discount Joe Burrow I'm gonna do that though I think you you can't go against Patrick Mahomes here I think the problem is the price is just so short he's two to one to lead the league and passing touchdowns, which is bananas. Yeah. Uh, but still, do we see Patrick Mahomes getting any worse? No. I don't see this guy going downhill anytime soon, especially when he has one of the best offensive minds in the entire game. And Andy Reid calling the plays, and we know that they throw the ball a ton. 
because that goes into this as well. Is it a passing offense? I think most definitely you can say that Kansas City definitely is. For me, the other quarterbacks that I am looking at is starting with Aaron Rodgers. This is somebody with an extremely high upside. We, uh, upside. we know he has had some seasons where he's really put up some big numbers. 48 touchdowns in the year 2020 with only five interceptions to go along with it. And even the year after, 37 touchdowns and four interceptions in the year 2021. I think people see the down year. Uh, last year, only 26 touchdowns. But also, you've got to remember that he is playing with an entirely different roster this year in New York, where he has young electric receivers that are going to be hauling it in. And plus, he's the shiny new toy for the New York Jets. Don't you think they're going to try to get the most out of him? So I think we see a much bigger year for the numbers uh, put out for Aaron Rodgers. So I think uh, at plus 650, I will take a swing on Aaron Rodgers as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't fault you for that. What about most regular season receptions? Cooper Cup coming off surgery, five to one is your favorite. Jamar Chase, six to one. Justin Jefferson, plus 650. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, each at seven to one. And then there is Travis Kelsey, 10 to one for the Chiefs. Where are you putting your money here? I, I like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson doesn't scare me in the regular season because that's when Kirk Cousins does his best work. He's not going to make the playoffs. If he is, he's going to falter. And I, I honestly think when you talk about how much better can Patrick Mahomes be, he he's certainly, I don't think, going to get any worse. But I feel like, can he raise the ceiling even more? I'm not sure. I think Joe Burrow can. So I like Chase and Jefferson, and I might be willing to put some bets on both because you can still come out on top. Talk me off of that. Right. I think the the single sabotage factor for every receiver on this list is Cooper Cup because when healthy, mm -hmm. he commands a target share that nobody else does. Because look at the rest of the receivers on the L.A. Rams roster. Like, who's going to take away targets from Cooper Cup? Tutu Atwell? It ain't happening. But the problem <laughs> is Cooper Cup is also starting the season coming off ankle injury. Is he going to be as dynamic on those cuts? on that footwork that made him so unguardable the season that he put up record-breaking numbers as probably the best receiver in the NFL and probably one of the best receiving seasons we've seen in decades. Remember he won the Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. Even when you know it's coming to him, he has a way to use his footwork and get open and make the catches. So why would Matt Stafford not look his direction? But like I said, he's coming off ankle injury. So I don't want to take him as the favorite for that reason. It's going to be Justin Jefferson for me. Uh, you have Kirk Cousins in a contract year. He's going to be trying to pad those stats. And that's something that Kirk Cousins is actually very good at. Uh, speaking of target share, Justin Jefferson is always up there when it comes to hogging the targets. He has had two seasons where he's had over 100 receptions on the season. So let's go Justin Jefferson to have another great year, especially with Kirk Cousins playing for his next job. I'm a little, are you surprised that Devonte Adams is seven to one? 
doesn't the doesn't it feel like those odds should be longer? I get that he's a seminal talent, but Jimmy G, as good as Jimmy G is, I don't consider him to be dynamic enough to throw that many passes to one guy because you have to have both, right? You obviously have to have the great quarterback to go along with the receiver to catch this many passes. Is is that number too short or am I crazy? It does feel a little short, especially with Jimmy G being your starting quarterback because it doesn't feel like it's going to be like a pass-happy offense as opposed to what we saw with Derek Carr. So, yeah, it does seem a little short. And I'm looking at the depth chart, and I'm trying to see, like, who's going to be taking those catches away from him. And I guess Hunter Renfro is going to get some of the targets. He's definitely not a number one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this number seems a little shorter than I would like because Devontae Adams, we know, is a clear-cut number one receiver, but I don't like it with Jimmy G because these two things go hand in hand. You got to be willing to bank on the quarterback as well. Finally, Chelsea, most rushing yards, we're talking quarterbacks only. No running backs allowed, just your QBs. Justin Fields, the favorite, at plus 175. Lamar Jackson is plus 250. Jalen Hurts, plus 350. Anthony Richardson, plus 450. And then Josh Allen at 11 to 1. Where is the value here? I know that Justin Fields is the favorite for a reason. He is going to be running for his life, I feel like, again. But Lamar Jackson, at plus 250, is just sitting there begging me to take a shot. Right. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson or Justin Fields is the favorite for a reason coming off a season where he rushed for 1100 yards. But if anybody can put up monster numbers as a rusher, we know it's Lamar Jackson back in 2019 rushed for 1206 yards and seven touchdowns. I know that all we've heard coming out of Ravens training camp is, oh, this offense is going to be more throwing, less running. But still, why would you not use your best weapon or one of your best weapons as a quarterback? I think Lamar Jackson is still going to run the ball pretty mm -hmm. effectively because I think that's the question with Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson is high on this list because he's yeah. going to be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And also, I don't have a ton of faith in Anthony Richardson to actually throw the ball effectively. So I think they're going to just try to go with his strengths here, try to bank on his athleticism. But still, you've got to get the first downs. Uh, to keep the chains moving. And I think that's going to be the problem for the Colts. Uh, so I will go with the higher end and the higher ceiling, and that is Lamar Jackson. I think so, too. Everything is lining up for him to have a monster season, I think. The only thing that I would worry about, and I've said this before, is that Lamar has been injured or not. That's been well-documented. But he does have a better receiving core now. I think OBJ is overrated, but certainly that will help along with Mark Andrews. And I think... Zay Flowers was a great pick for those guys coming out of BC. But because he has more passing options and because he's getting older, I wonder, will Lamar take off less? But I'm like you. Motivation is something that I'm considering here. I think Lamar Jackson wants to prove to everyone he can still be that MVP type of player, and he's only 26. Oh, I think so, too. Even though probably the front office is saying, hey, we just paid you a ton of money, so maybe try to slide here. Don't go for the hit. <laughs> I agree. And now that he got paid, I'm so glad that's over because that story went on forever and ever and ever. He got paid. He got his receivers. He is set to have a breakout year, at least compared to what he's done previously. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.